0: Welcome to Sad Girls Against the Patriarchy. I'm Allison. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Alexis. (laughs) And we're tired today. And we are your sad girls. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's the part where you came in. We're keeping it. What is it? episode 16. Like, it's been four months. You'd think we'd know. You'd think I'd know.
1: Yeah, I was like, do you want me to say my name first? <laughs> I, you usually say your name, but I, mean, I can say mine.
0: That's fine. Thanks for your flexibility. Um, I think I was noticing my voice sounds kind of gravelly, scratchy, because I've been talking and doing things all weekend, but it's okay. We'll go with sexy, scratchy, deep voice yeah. today.
1: Allison's been doing really fun stuff, and I haven't, so I have no excuse to talk like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did a swing dance event all weekend, and it was a
1: lot of fun, so
0: now we're back on track. Today is Salem Day. It would have been cool if we had this come out on the anniversary of something important.
1: Yeah, or closer to Halloween, but you know what? It's the start of fall, kind of. Yeah, September.
0: Autumnal. Oh, yeah, I guess I would have said autumnal, but autumnal sounds better, and there's an N in there, so. Yeah. Yeah, autumnal. It is September, and there were trials going on at this time in Salem, so we're at least we're in the right season. The trials lasted almost an entire year, so we had a really good chance of being <laughs> in
1: the right <laughs> Roughly. Time. Yeah. <laughs> the time of year.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, it kind of did last pretty much a whole year. But uh, I'm going to open with some dating profiles to read because I did not get to go on my date with... The guy with the kind eyes, he had to reschedule.
1: Yeah. I asked her about it because I felt like a dick for not asking. But then I realized she would have told me if it was good or bad.
0: Yes. If it was really good or really bad, it would have come out. Okay. He said, I hate to do this, but I have to fly to New York first thing tomorrow for a last-minute work thing. So sorry. I'll be back in a week. I'll text you then. So sorry. Again, multiple sorries, more than 12 hours notice. Exclamation marks, smiley face. There's tone to this message. It's not just, I have to
1: reschedule, period. He's a busy working guy.
0: Yeah, and also flying to New York is a very sexy reason to be yeah, busy. Yeah, sorry,
1: sorry, babe. Can't <laughs> make <it. I'm> a <laughs> in New York. He, he's a bi-coastal. <laughs> he's a bi-coastal, babe.
0: Yes, And I said, no worries, because I'm very chill. He's so and, chill. I don't worry about things like this or talk about them on podcasts.
1: Yeah, no worries. I said worriedly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So hopefully we'll reschedule this week, but he said he would be gone until today. I'm going to give him some time to decompress, chill.
1: Because there's no worries.
0: Right. Like I said, no worries. No worries. I'm not worried that I'll never talk to you again and there's no hope here, just like there never is any hope.
1: That was so sad. (laughs) (laughs) so sad.
0: Oh, it's okay. That's how it goes. You stop being very optimistic. All my single girlies understand I feel like you lose your optimism at a
1: certain point because you've just been let down so many times. It's just... Just another one. With all my single friends in L.A., it just sounds like a hellhole dating here. It just sounds so bad. Yeah, I was talking to a gal recently who has only had two boyfriends, and she's with
0: her current partner. It was like the first guy she met in high school and the second one she met right after college, and they started dating immediately. So she never really went through a dating scene and was a little sad about it. She was saying like, oh, I've just missed out on a lot of those exciting first dates and learning these new experiences with new people. But it's like, you also miss out on so much bad. It doesn't, like, even out. It's not like the fun new stuff balances out with the shitty stuff. It's overwhelmingly
1: lousy. Yeah, and also first dates are nerve-wracking. Like, no, I don't, I, no. (laughs) I don't want to
0: date ever again. Yeah, it sucks. I don't want to know with first dates because I have very little hope. I assume they're going to want to sleep with me. And I know it sounds arrogant, but, like, men pretty much want to sleep with a chicken sandwich. So So, it's like, (laughs) the bar is low. (laughs) But the discouraging part is like, will this actually turn into a second date? That's where I'm not very hopeful. Yeah, but fair. I mean, I always have a good time just meeting new people and talking. I like to go to a new bar because then I get to try a new place, and it's an excuse to see a place they like that I haven't heard of. Although this guy did suggest going out near where he lives in Echo Park and listed bars that I've been to
1: 100 times So you were like, hey, why don't we not do (laughs) that? (laughs) Yeah, one
0: was like my after work bar that I used to go to, which is the least sexy of a bar. Anyone who's worked a restaurant or bartending job and then dragged themselves like covered in canola oil and spilled wine to a bar, it's not a sexy bar to you anymore. Right. And then the other one was one I've only gone to with ex-boyfriends or on other dates. So we're
1: not yeah. going no, to go
0: to any of these bars no. that you mentioned. We're going to go to another neighborhood.
1: I was, I was like, just don't go to Echo Park. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's ran through. <laughs>
1: Echo Park is ran I've through. Ran, I ran it through. No. Uh, with my 20s. We've been saying that. I was like, I'm like, I'm just so sick of going to Echo Park in Silver Lake. Like, Just throw it in the trash. I,
0: just, I love it. And whenever a new bar pops up, I will go.
1: Oh, same. I mean, I'll go to it. But.
0: Yeah. The date will happen hopefully before next week. Dating profile I read that was funny to me, he says about me, I laugh really loud, I like fitness, I don't watch sports, I like roller coasters, I despise religion, eat everything, drink nothing, average height, average cock, average income, exceptional manners, kids are gross, make friends, do stuff, I do rad hair. Do you think that you can have exceptional manners and reference your cock size on your profile? No. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't those contradict each other? I think—was that all trying to be just contradictions? I guess so. I laugh loud. I like fitness. I don't watch, but I watch I sports. But I don't watch uh, sports. I don't know. But, but, I mean, I, like I guess those aren't— I like roller
0: coasters. I despise religion. I see what you're going for. You're right. He you should have stuck with a theme. I like roller coasters. I despise religion. What does that have to do with each other? That has nothing to do with yeah, each that, other. Yeah, that's
1: too all over the place.
0: Also, I don't really want to know if you have an average cock. I would like to believe it's exceptional until proven otherwise. Don't give me that information up front.
1: I mean, it's just owning the conversation. A lot of dudes say that shit because they want you to be like, oh, is it? And find out for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't
1: find out. Um, (laughs) I did not swipe or heart or whatever the fuck you do.
0: (laughs) Different profile. It says, favorite quality in a person. I love intelligence and a sense of humor. I'm always making attempts at humored remarks, comma, please laugh. We're just giving please clap <laughs> it's, giving jeb, bush. it's giving jeb bush
1: please clap yeah that was
0: so funny i love that clip i know that's a uh, very old reference now but please laugh at the end of a sentence is
1: desperation yeah i love it i hope that is a reference to
0: if it is then
1: a plus a plus because i'd still say that probably at least once a month
0: this guy says, I guarantee you that you don't need to know anything about investing because I'll be your greatest investment. <laughs> Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're the only 10 I see. Just, oh, gross. Yeah,
0: that's a good Is one. Is he a crypto
1: bro? Is that why he said that? Probably. Is he a financial advisor? Does he work in finance?
0: Oh, God. If he does, again, don't want to know. Don't need to know more don't about Don't need to you. know that. I'm sorry. Just, there's nothing wrong with working in finance. It just tells me that we probably don't have... A lot in common. Yeah. And then there's a guy who we read his profile a long time ago. He was the one who was posing with his cubicle. And we respect someone for having a job and being proud of their job, but don't think
1: posing at your work. It's never good.
0: No. Unless you're on tour, you're like on location or something. Something
1: like super glamorous. Yeah. Work photo is like. Just sad. Yeah. It was sad. I'm saying that as someone who has a completely opposite job. I also don't want a picture at my work. Like, please don't do that to me.
0: So he cycled back around because you could swipe left on people and Bumble will show them to you again. There's only so many fish in the sea. I'm in a giant (laughs) multi-million fish sea here in Los Angeles and they'll still show you the same fucking people. Oh,
1: my God. That's depressing.
0: Yes. So he's back around and he had edited his profile and now it says that he's an iHeartRadio exec during the day. And that is a podcast station now. That's like Stuff You Should Know is on there. Oh network. yeah, it is. I just thought it was funny that we're making fun of him on a podcast while he's a executive at a podcast. I mean, but
1: we're, we're not we're, on a we're small time. Yeah, what I'm saying it's like we have no allegiances. <laughs> we're not getting sponsored <laughs> content. No one's paying well, our now, bills. Well, now we sure won't. <laughs> Please, Debbie <don't, laughs> Just a, get us on your podcast Mr. network.
0: He is no. I don't. I don't want that. I just. Um, I don't know. What a small
1: world. Oh, <laughs> whoa! That's entertainment funny. in an entertainment town.
0: Yeah. Um, Um, This guy says, I'm known for my blue eyes, which is just so funny. I meant to make a meme about this that was like, hey, you know Paul? Oh, you mean Paul with blue eyes? Like, no one knows you for your eye color. No. I've seen that response before.
1: I know. When I tell people that know me forever my color of my eyes, they're like, oh, are they? Yeah. Like No one even knows. No one even knows. Um, I feel like unless you have terrifying blue eyes. Right, like
0: white, blue, sparkly yeah, like, eyes. Occasionally, you'll see someone who has extremely distinct eyes, but it's not a distinguishing feature about you.
1: No, but everyone I mean, thinks their eyes are so special. Yeah. If you ask anybody, they're like, oh, well, they're um, they're hazel, but they have, like, some flecks of green in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm so descriptive. Like, look, I know you've seen your eyes a bunch of times, but I'm going to tell you they just look like eyeballs to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: yep, yep. Um, This last one is an about me section that I enjoy. It says, about me, love the sea wind. (laughs) Is he
1: a (laughs) sailor? (laughs) Is he a bog witch? Like, what's happening? I love the sea wind.
0: Is he? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, things that I'm into. The sea wind,
1: for example. Yeah, does he live in a lighthouse? What's happening? (laughs) He's actually just like an immortal being from like... (laughs) 1700s. He's like, what a kid's, like, (laughs) the sea wind.
0: (laughs) Not really a personality trait, I got to say. I mean, not a good use of your about me. No, it's
1: been like, I like trees. Yeah. Okay, I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. Right,
1: cool. (laughs) I also enjoy nature in the way that everyone on Earth does to an extent.
0: I did have a really nature guy ask me. He was trying to make a point. We were talking about EMDR therapy, and we were talking about how, like, all traumatic incidences in your past do flow together to be sourced maybe from one cause. And anyway, he asked me, what's your favorite body of water? And I had to give him a look and say, you know, um, drinking water? I don't really go outside, so I can't answer that question. Also, what? It was to make a point that, so with EMDR therapy, which is cool, and I recommend people checking it out because it's kind of fringe. I didn't know much about it until recently. Uh, You're reprogramming your brain to reprocess traumatic experiences from your past. So you have a stimulus going back and forth with your eyes and you are tracking like a ball on a screen and there's a sound accompanying with it pinging from side to side. So your senses are crossing your cortex, the center of your brain, while you are thinking about something traumatic that happened from your past. And the point is to bring it up and in a way, relive it by stimulating the senses while you think through this. It is changing your experience of it so that you can recategorize it or properly categorize it. Normally, we have places where we can file things away. It's like, oh, this thing happened. That's a good memory. That's a bad memory. If something terrifying and awful happens, like being sexually abused, you have nowhere to put that. You don't have a filing cabinet for things like that. So by going through it again in this new way that we've discovered could be helpful, now you can fix the fragmented file and categorize it correctly. But I was saying that I can go through all of these separate traumatic memories and it still won't solve me overall being dysfunctional because that is a problem outside of these memories. So his point was like, well, all streams flow to the ocean. (laughs) And it's like if you do solve these little incidences, it adds up to solving a bigger problem in your life caused by those I still don't think EMDR therapy was the thing for me but maybe it is for you and if you haven't heard about it before maybe check it out
1: so is the body of water
0: you all along ah. <laughs> the body of water was within you all along just like the magic harry <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're a body of water harry <laughs>
0: I'm not a Potterhead. I don't know. That could have been the whole, does Harry Potter go to therapy in the end? Is that kind of what happened?
1: <laughs> I you know Harry Potter needed to go to therapy the whole time. Is
0: that what that white room is an analogy for at the end where there's like the little crumbled up? It's Voldemort.
1: Okay. It's yeah. And it's supposed to be the other side, death. Oh.
0: So we're not like in Harry's mind right now. I mean, yes. But it's him.
1: Look, yeah. it's complicated. Because
0: there was that line, I remember, where it was like, is, is this, this real or is it in your
1: mind? Like, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. But it's he's half dead because that's the whole thing is like he got into a battle and he was, yeah. it was just a bunch of DMT flooding his brain and uh, <laughs> giving him a like, near-death experience okay. is what it was. So this is actually the Joe Rogan podcast. You ever done DMT <laughs> before, Bro. I was gonna say we should get high before doing a podcast,
0: but we did start out by being drunk, so I, we
1: would be what, reg- high or what though? Because I can't smoke yeah. weed anymore or <laughs> eat it or any of the forms. No. And like, don't tell me I need to find the right strain, <laughs> okay? Because I've tried them all; it just gives me yes. debilitating anxiety, and I already have that. I don't need help.
0: Mm, okay, we'll table that for now. We'll come back to that you, idea. Yeah, later. we'll
1: think of something else though. Not weed is my okay. only. Not weed. That's all right. It. Okay. Or you can do weed. You can live I your can do dreams. Do weed. You can do, do the weed. weed. <laughs> you can. (laughs) Have one marijuana.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, today we are talking about Salem, the Salem witchcraft trials. There is also a Salem, Oregon, which, because I grew up in Washington, is the first Salem that I used to think of. But now I know that is not the most famous Salem. Also, Salem came from the name Jerusalem, which I learned researching this.
1: No way. It's like Jerusalem. Ah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And because it was uh, the Puritans who founded Salem, they were very godly people. And Jerusalem is the Lord's holy land, and it also means peace. So Puritans were all about God, peace, religious allegories.
1: The Lord. The yeah. Lord,
0: yeah. I said God, and he's the same.
1: <laughs> oh, right, sorry. My apologies. they <laughs> are
0: one and <in> the same. <laughs> But Salem was established in 1629. Originally, there was a Salem town and there was a Salem village. Salem town is what we think of today as the city of Salem. Like, it covers the same area, approximately. And in 1692, when the witchcraft trials began, so it was founded in 1629— the trials began in 1692.
1: Oh, that's cool. They're reversed.
0: They are reverse. Oh. It's easier to remember. It's not easy to remember, though, because I keep wanting to say 1962, because that makes more sense if you look at those numbers. Yeah. At that time, Salem Town had about 2,000 people in it. However, Salem Village was like the littler town farther away. It was much smaller. There were about 500 people who lived in Salem Village, and that area today is called Danvers. But they don't really—they don't get into the witchy hype. Salem is witch town at present. Right. If you go during Halloween, it's like going to Mardi Gras in New Orleans.
1: I, I would like to go, but yeah, maybe not during. I don't know, but I'd also really love Halloween. Maybe I do
0: go. It would be cool. I really do want to visit Salem now. I had no interest, very little interest before this. I listened to a podcast called Salem, the podcast. That was really good. Interestingly, I heard on Salem, the podcast, uh, little store reference called Deal Marcus and Company that used to be in Hollywood. And I know the owners fairly well. We were kind of in the same oh. vintage scene. And they moved to Salem. They have a little oddities shop, a little oh, shop cute. of curiosities. I love those types of you shops. You would have loved it. Yeah, it was in East Hollywood and then rent and COVID and money. So they moved to Salem, Massachusetts, which I guess is more affordable than L.A., but that's an extremely low bar because L.A. is just...
1: Ridiculous, Rent is ridiculous,
0: yeah. yeah. So Salem, the podcast, the host there, are now friends with the owners of Deal Marks and Company, and I was like, oh, what a what a small what world, a small world, another small yeah. world again. One big, it's a small world after small all. World, true. Salem Village is actually where the first accusations happened, where the first accusers lived. It was a poor rural community of farmers, whereas Salem Town was a bustling port town. So it kind of makes sense that shit would start to go down in... In a small town? That's where bad things happen. Try that shit in a small town. I've seen the horror movies. Yeah, I've seen them. I know what goes on. Over 200 people were accused during the period of the trials. About 150 were formally charged. 19 people were hanged. One person was pressed to death. And five people died in jail. We were talking last time about misogyny and witchcraft. So of the 19 that were hanged, 14 of them were women. And the one person who was pressed to death was a man, but he really could have avoided that particular fate had he played his cards a little differently. That's Drow with Corey, and I'll talk about him a little bit later. No witches in America were burned, not at Salem or anywhere. So that's a little myth-busting for you. A little
1: fun fact. Yeah. We, we left that over for uh, our predecessors in Europe, eh?
0: Yes, we talked about this over the last episode too, but in the 1400s, the Pope made witchcraft a crime against the church. That really seemed to kick off the whole hunting down the witches and burning them Yeah, because they liked
1: the Lord and the Pope and the Catholic Church. They were a big fucking deal. Yeah. So in the
0: 1500s, witchcraft became a capital offense over in Europe. So heretics were burned, people who went against the church. But King Henry VIII, he was the king of England from 1509 to 1547, decided that witchcraft was a crime against the crown and was subject to capital punishment, which was hanging. New England was a derivative of England, you might say. One Witches might. hanged. One might. One yes. might. The Salem witch trials were the deadliest in American history. It's part of what makes them a big deal. For comparison, the Wurzburg witch trials of 1625 to 1631 in Germany, 157 people in the city of Wurz... I'm sure I'm saying this in a stupid... Wurzburg. w u I assume. I'm going to keep saying Wurzburg Wurzburg. funnier and I don't have a great German accent under my belt. 157 people were confirmed to have been executed. But if we zoom out a little bit, an estimated 900 people were executed or died in custody in the surrounding region. So, yeah, that was in a period of six years. So it wasn't as concentrated. But looking at Salem now where like 20 people died, it really pales in comparison. So it's interesting that I have never heard about the first witch
1: trials in Germany. But that was in Germany and this is America. Right. It's
0: closer to home. And it happened quickly. The whole thing was over in a year. Why did it happen? So at the time in this area, there were battles with Native Americans. There were land disputes because, you know, we'd moved in and colonized their land and taken over. And yeah, they weren't diseases.
1: They weren't probably happy about that. I just my guess. Just my guess. Yeah, I wouldn't be a happy. A bunch of yet. colonizers coming in and taking their land. They weren't happy about it.
0: Not so happy. I hmm. wouldn't be happy about that either. Some families had even fled to colonies that were further south than Salem because it was too violent in the area. And the families who did live there were essentially war veterans. Abigail Williams, her whole family, had died. She was one of the first accusers. So these are people who had, like, they had seen some shit. They were suffering probably from PTSD. The winters were terrible. And the city was new enough that... They didn't have a lot of roots there. You didn't have your generations of family there. You didn't have much established community. But it was also had been long enough that they had figured out all they needed to, to survive. Because like if you get to an area and it's brand new and you're still just trying to figure out how to grow a farm, you don't have time to accuse your neighbor of witchcraft. So it was actually seeming more like general unrest had caused the witch trials to go down. It was more about societal climate than anything else.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's tons of studies that show sort of anything negative like that happens during, you know, like economic depressions or when things aren't going super well, people, they turn to bad behaviors and they implode on themselves. So that makes sense.
0: There's a common theory about ergot poisoning, which unfortunately I got a myth bust. It's a sexy theory. It's a fun one.
1: (sighs) I wanted that to be true so bad. I love that theory so much. I know. It's good. It became
0: popular in the 70s. So to catch you up, ergot fungus is used to make... LSD. Acid baby. Hey. Cool. I'm such a mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are doing. That's what the kids do. Except not even. The kids are not shrooms. They're not. Do
1: the kids even do drugs anymore? I like the actual kids, the Gen Zers? I was going to say, kids, write in and let
0: us know. But you don't have to admit that over <laughs> Please don't.
1: digital text. <laughs> We're definitely not narcs. You should definitely <laughs> tell us about your illicit drug <laughs> use over the internet, please. LSD stands
0: for lysergic acid diethylamide. Lysergic acid occurs naturally in the ergot fungus. LSD, I was doing all this Google research about LSD and ergot fungus, and I'm sure my NSA agent (laughs) was really enjoying that whole
1: process. Your FBI agent had a good day that day. They're like, oh, man, this isn't a boring one today. She's (laughs) at it
0: again. She's doing it. (laughs) The fungus can now be grown in a lab but it also occurs naturally. So if you ate enough of this mold that grows on I know it's something that you use to make rye bread.
1: I I thought it was like rye bread specifically, too. That's what I always heard. But I have no idea. I'm not a a bread baker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're no breadologist. I'm no
1: breadologist over here. (laughs) If
0: people ate enough of this fungus with their bread, they could start to trip balls, which might make them see crazy things.
1: Yeah, if you're hallucinating, especially not being aware that you're hallucinating, that must be terrifying.
0: It would be. And... The problem with that theory is that it wouldn't have been so contained because it was only certain people at first who were seeing witches and making these accusations. And then it did start to spread, but it was like not everyone in every household was making accusations. It was very particular who was coming out to say, I saw a witch. So that's one flaw. Also, the ergot poisoning, to this degree, it's brought on by a vitamin A deficiency, and they were in a port town. So they had... Fish. They had little fishies. Uh, And then on the farms, they had root vegetables. They had a balanced diet.
1: With full of vitamin A.
0: Yeah. So that part doesn't make sense. And And then then
1: also, I'm mm -hmm. guessing at this time, was it sort of like one source of grain? Did they buy their bread? Are they making their own bread? Are they getting their grain from the same person? Is this too complicated of a question that you didn't look into as a breadologist? I'm picturing farms.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm picturing fields, and I don't think that you use a farm to just feed your Yourself, right? You sell things, you do some farming, and you trade things.
1: Farmers, right in. There's a a barter system going on. 17th century uh, farmers, right into us, please.
0: (laughs) Right. I don't think that all of the food that you have came from. I don't know. I'm not going to try to...
1: With what you're saying, it makes sense because I'm sure there was a similar supply.
0: And there are also other symptoms of ergot poisoning, like gastrointestinal distress and gangrene also. Oh, God. That we didn't see amongst anyone. So if it really was ergot poisoning, it wouldn't have... Looked exactly. The people who were making the accusations were having fits and they were, it seemed like they might have been having a seizure. They were having some symptoms of it, but not all. So, unfortunately, people weren't shitting their pants
1: and losing limbs.
0: In fact, all of the fits that they were having were potentially psychosomatic. Like it actually could have just been what we used to call mass hysteria, but now it's called mass psychogenic illness. Because I love of, that. as we talked about in I, our... I've
1: heard that recently about the, yes. uh, the dancing plague.
0: The dancing plague was crazy. I was reading about that too. It often comes up in conjunction with Salem because people suddenly started dancing in the street and then more people joined them and then they kept dancing and then it was like weeks of being out and barefoot and dancing until people were dying. Yeah, which is... So interesting. It is yes. So that also was brought up as maybe it was ergot poisoning. Maybe it's not mass hysteria, but mass psychogenic illness. We don't say mass hysteria anymore because that is
1: because as we've talked about, it feels like our previous episode. Catch
0: up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hysteria is a sexist term. It's sexist. Yeah, times were tough in Salem. Village. Oh yeah, I had a note here. So the dancing plague was in 1518, where people danced themselves to death. And then they also talk about stress-induced psychosis there of, like, things were... It was the really, plague and... Yeah. They, they had a shady. mass... I think
1: they had, like, a mass starvation during that time, too. I was listening to podcasts in my... it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of what was going down in Salem, too. Puritans were also especially afraid of witches. So, like, these are people who came from England who
1: were the ultra-pious, ultra-religion. That was their whole thing. Yeah, they were, like, these... People in England aren't pious enough for us. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> People we need to go hanging witches here. Be more pious.
0: Yes. And they believed in witches. It wasn't like there's this myth going on. Witches were canon in the puritanical lore.
1: <laughs> witches are canon to the King James Bible, okay?
0: <laughs> yes. Thanks to King James, King James writing there. it in. Um, so good things happened were blessings. Bad things came from the devil. So it wasn't a stretch that there would be is in their town in their village like that was just
1: what happened
0: in January of 1682 Abigail Williams she's the one I mentioned whose whole family had died
1: she's the main character in the crucible of the play <laughs> oh so you
0: know you know I was in the play <laughs> <laughs> which I've
1: heard is well done it's I mean it's like a good play but I know it's also full of inaccuracies so. yeah it was just done to be an allegory about the red scare in Hollywood yeah. Yeah. It is fun, though.
0: Abigail Williams was 11. Betty Paris was 9. And they got sick. They started acting erratic. They were crying out in pain. They were claiming to see spirits. They were inspected by Dr. Griggs. And he suggested witchcraft because he couldn't find a physical explanation
1: for oh. their illness. So I can't figure it out, so it must be the devil. Yeah. I think that <laughs> was going. medicine back then, right? <laughs> it was like, we put a leech on it. Or if yeah. I can't figure it out, then it's the devil.
0: And he probably wasn't washing his hands
1: or nothing. Oh, definitely not. No germ theory then.
0: Abigail accused Tituba. She was a slave from Central America. She accused Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne.
1: Sarah Osborne
0: didn't go to church. <gasps> Secular woman. Sarah Good was a poor beggar who lived <gasps> on the outskirts of town.
1: Oh, so as previously stated. Yes. The fringes of society. Yes.
0: So they tested, which is during the trials. Their tests were more like torture. It's and also trials is a stupid word because it wasn't really a fair. Fair. Balance. Yeah, we jury really jury of your peers. We've whitewashed it because it wasn't a trial and they weren't real tests. So the way they found out that Tituba was a witch, for example, is using witch cakes. Witch cakes are made from urine from the witch, mixed with rye meal and ashes, baked into a little cake, and they feed it to a dog. Dogs are witches' familiars, perhaps even the devil in disguise. And this is how I know that witch trials are not based on fact or evidence because, you know, the animal that is actually the devil's familiar Cats. Motherfucking cats. Cats. It's uh, obvious. Divide it's feminine obvious. energy over here. So that's how we know it was all punk.
1: Well, and also, I just love that that would continue the ergot poisoning conspiracy because you're putting rye you're putting in the rye. witch cakes.
0: I don't know if dogs can trip, though. Because they,
1: they feed it to the dogs. And then
0: if the dogs act strangely, the accused witch was definitely a witch. Strangely was up for interpretation.
1: Yeah. So if it was, you know, tripping on LSD, then Could, maybe he dogs would trip? act. I do their brains do that? You know what? I, I don't know. Let's not test it. I'm not a dogologist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my joke. You can borrow it, though. So Tituba actually confessed to being a witch, but later it seemed like maybe she was uh, beaten and coerced and also just trying to avoid being executed with her confession. And she blamed nine other women of also being witches. She said that she saw their names written down like in the devil's in book. In the devil's book. But she also couldn't read or write. So, I mean, come on, there's a flaw here already. <laughs> come on, guys. In fact, a lot of women couldn't write at the time. They would be taught to read because they would read scripture to their family. Oh, for the Bible, yes. Right, but they wouldn't be writing things down. So Tichiba kept it going. Like, so far we have have some punk-ass kids who probably wanted attention, and then we have Dr. Griggs, who, typical man, couldn't admit that he didn't know what the answer was, so he made something up. And then Tichibo was trying to not be murdered, which actually she did. She wasn't killed during the witch trials. Oh, so, wow. So it worked, but it did cause then, now we have to find the other witches, her cohorts. Yeah. That was a bummer how that went down. But uh, initially it was classic outsiders who were accused, but then it did spiral into anyone could be accused There was a woman, Rebecca Nurse, who was an upstanding woman in society. She was a churchgoer. She was well-liked. She ended up being hanged. People signed a petition even trying to get her off of the chopping block
1: metaphor. Do we know who accused her? Was it someone she had, like, beef with?
0: We probably do know. I do not know. But there was a lot of in-group fighting. There was a lot of land disputes and feuds. And it would be known that it's like, oh, this person doesn't like this person. And then they ended up accusing each other. And it wasn't as simple as, like, if you accuse someone of witchcraft and they were executed, you would get their land. But their land might go up for auction. So you might get their land.
1: That's so terrible. These are pious Christian people. The
0: worst. I think I'm petty. (laughs) (laughs) Even I draw the line. In March of 1692, Dorothy Good, who was Sarah Good's daughter, was jailed for witchcraft. Sarah Good was one of the very first people accused. Dorothy was... uh, Do you want to guess how old she was? She was the youngest accused of witchcraft.
1: Eleven. Four. No! I know. Not that eleven was good, but four is especially bad. Oh, my God. Baby. The
0: jailing started in March before there were even trials. The jails sucked. They were dirt floors. They smelled like human excrement. They were dark, miserable places. Um, there was a woman who died in jail because she also couldn't pay her shackle fees. They would charge for shackle shackles. Fees? It was like a bond fee. And then when you got out, you had to pay your fee for your shackles. And there was a woman who couldn't have died. Oh, but so that wasn't poor people Dorothy getting crushed punished by for being the poor. law
1: as well. Yeah.
0: Dorothy did testify against her mother after she was interrogated in jail. Because she's four. And she's four. You can plant ideas in those kids' heads, they're so susceptible. You can just be like, your mom's a witch, isn't she? And she'll be like, I don't know. know." (laughs) And that led to Sarah Good being executed. That was the evidence that was used against Sarah, is that her daughter testified that she was a witch. It is largely reported that Dorothy Good, who was the four-year-old daughter, went insane after she was released. I don't have a good follow-up history on this, and this is reported after she was just released. You don't really diagnose a five-year-old with psychosis. Like, Especially after uh, her mom just died. And by the way, she wasn't released from jail until December. She was in the jail from March to December in that environment. A four-year-old. Yeah. The youngest accused of witchcraft. It was quite a range.
1: Oh, my gosh. She's lucky she survived. Yeah,
0: and hopefully she's okay, but you also see sources online that say she went insane, but she was released as a kid. Hopefully she had some—I was going to say
1: family or someone to go with. Yeah,
0: trauma therapy, but, like, I mean, what do they have in 1692? What
1: are um, they, like, just going to beat it out of you or just like, read more scripture? Really bad times.
0: Um, Sarah Good, the mom, was pregnant when she was arrested. She gave birth in prison, and the infant died, so <gasps> that was another victim of— The witch trials. The consequences weren't just certain people being hanged and disrupting society. There were these other casualties. They didn't have a governor when all of this began. There was an incoming governor, Governor Phipps. He was in England with Increase Mathers, which is such a fun... Increase Mathers? Yeah, that's a fun name, isn't it? Is that like Marshall Mathers?
1: (laughs) That's his dad. Yeah, that's his
0: great-grandfather. No, because Increase's son was named Cotton. Cotton Mathers.
1: (laughs) Oh, these names. My word. Did you see Good Omens? I watched, like, the first couple episodes.
0: It's fun. They have a witch-hunting subplot in it, which is very lighthearted and comical and not representative of the times. But they have hilarious Puritan names. There's a guy whose name, I think, is Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery, hyphenated, and then a last name, like, Putnam or something. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery. (laughs) There was a lot of political uncertainty at the time this all went down because he didn't really have... A rule of law. They knew that there was a new charter on its way from England, coming with new governor, Governor Phipps. And the new law would be closer to English law. They've been getting away with things with their loosey-goosey local system. Like they had a sheriff. It wasn't just totally free for all. But things were about to get locked down. And then in May, Governor Phipps arrives. He arrives by a ship. He was incompetent. He was inexperienced. He had been a treasure hunter before he had
1: been a governor. Translatable skills, I see.
0: Really funny job to have, but I guess in the 1600s, (laughs) you just put that on your CV.
1: (laughs) Hunting for treasure.
0: So he walks into this situation. There are already people in jail. There's no like real concrete laws at this point, I guess. I think witchcraft was illegal because it's the Bible. Because it's the Bible. Yeah, I mean concrete laws. We have.
1: Oh, sorry, the Lord's word, direct word (laughs) from God Almighty. That's as concrete as what was I thinking? That (laughs) is that is the law of the land. My apologies. Governor Phipps
0: creates the court of Oyer and Terminer, which means to hear and to determine specifically to deal with this. And they heard and determined that dozens of people should be imprisoned. So that was not very uh, not very
1: fair at all. That's not helpful.
0: <laughs> no. He puts Harvard graduate William Stoughton in charge of the court. I just think we should call William Stoughton that. He was a bad guy. He was a dick. I believe there is a dorm named after him at Harvard now.
1: He's still... It's so wild to me that Harvard's that old, but... It's so... Yeah,
0: right? There's so little in America that is that old. Right. But Harvard graduate William Stoughton decided that spectral evidence should be seen as hard evidence. Spectral evidence is when you just, like, saw a spirit out in your field or someone approached you all translucent and floaty above your bed. Even if you have an alibi
1: and if you have no reason to be... You prepared. can actual project into someone's yeah. room, and that is your legacy, Harvard. Some guy said <laughs> your actual projection is valid.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of shitty Harvard graduates out there. That oh, would kind I'm of, sure. We should do an episode on that. Just, like, all...
1: Dunking on Harvard? Yeah, or, like, like other... Ivy pres- Leagues?
0: Yes, and their very rich sexist history, because I'm sure they didn't oh, just and allow they
1: the ladies... horribly racist, I'm sure.
0: Yes. But... The spectral evidence changed things. That plus the fact that there used to be a fee required to make a formal accusation against someone. And during this time, the sheriff removed that bond. So anyone could accuse someone of witchcraft and could say that they saw their ghost. And now we've got a trial. Goodness. Yeah, and then the trials were meant to trap you. Like, you didn't have a lawyer representing you, and they would ask you questions, like—
1: Leading questions. When
0: did you start consorting with the devil? What are the names of the other witches? Like, now they have to say, where were you on Friday night? Not, like, why were you assaulting
1: Yeah, why were you consulting with the devil (laughs) on Friday night? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like,
1: you're already accusing me of something.
0: This was very, like, guilty until proven innocent instead of the other way around. Must have just been awful sitting there. You can read some of the trial transcripts, and it's a lot of like, "Why are you a witch?" And they're like, "I'm not a witch. <laughs> I'm not a witch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trials were just—they were not fair at all. They shouldn't have been called trials. They yeah, should have trials as called called
1: like traps. H- heavy quotes. Yeah.
0: Same with the witch test. We mentioned the witch cakes earlier, but there was also. The prayer test, wherein the witches supposedly couldn't say the Lord's good word, they couldn't recite scripture. So they would be asked to recite scripture as a way of testing them. But during the witch trials, there was a man who was a minister, George Burroughs, who was literally a minister, who was charged with witchcraft. And while right before he was Hanged to death, he flawlessly recited the Lord's Prayer from the gallows just before his execution. It seemed like just for comfort. It wasn't like he was trying to prove anything at that point, but it was dismissed as a devil's trick. So the hanging proceeded as planned.
1: So there's there's no winning.
0: No, really. Yeah. Oh, there was also a dog that was accused and shot of being a witch. There were dogs
1: accused. Okay, this is bullshit. I know. The dog the dog dies at the end of this movie. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and they killed a kid, which is the other marker. But, I
0: mean, the infant died, so that counts. Yeah, because the infant died. They killed a kid, and they killed dogs.
1: I heard so stupid. in some of my research about the prayer test as well yeah. that they were doing it during the time where it was around the King James Bible, so it changed a little bit, and it was like language barriers for a uh-huh. lot of the people because it would be someone maybe not from that area that whatever language they spoke wasn't their first language, so them reciting the Lord's Prayer yeah. wouldn't be completely... Perfectly. Exactly, and that would be proof. Ugh. So it's just another way of harming marginalized people. Truly.
0: They were looking for witches' marks, so that would be looking for the extra nipple, which is- teet. The teats. Yeah, <laughs> where she may suckle her her familiar.
1: Which is a dog, apparently, and not a cat. Which is
0: how I know this is all bullshit. <laughs> if, a, if they had gone into cats being demonic, I would be like, well, maybe there's something here.
1: You know what? I but feel no. that
0: cats like they're little tiny predators that love you but also will just go crazy tear around the house as if possessed <laughs>
1: there is so much this this is sound logic <laughs>
0: Um, but to find the witch's teeth, the women would be stripped and publicly searched, which is bad in any situation. But also, the Puritans were so conservative that this was especially humiliating for the women and horrifying for everyone else. Like, this just kept turning society up on its head. And then also, kids were not respected in Puritanical culture. Like, they were to be seen and not heard. So the fact that the first accusations, and many of them came from kids, and they were believed as fact, is also wild.
1: Yeah, I feel like in American culture we didn't start believing children till like, no. the late 90s. Truly, yes. How but, sad. Well, yeah, with, like, all the, you know, horrible sexual assault cases mm-hmm. and these people that are supposed to be their youth leader or priest right. or whatever. And you mean, like, oh, you guys are, this is fantasy, this is your imagination, you're just being wacky. And yep. having the complete opposite end, it's sort of just picking and choosing what you want to be true from children.
0: Yeah, There was another test that was called the swimming test where they would hogtie an accused person and they would drop them in water. And if they can float, then they're a witch. The reason being that they would have rejected baptism and holy water. So they're going to float because it doesn't quite track. (laughs) But the reason is something about, oh, I see. If you're not baptized, you're rejecting the water and you're going to float. So you're a witch.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah, I'm really, I'm reaching. I'm really trying here to understand. Okay, but the problem is, if they sink, then they're innocent, but then they're also... Dead. Yeah, from, you know, drowning. So uh, if they float and they're witch, then they're going to be executed. The
1: logic was not sound. Yeah, you were just damned. Once you were accused and basically charged, that was kind of it.
0: Governor Phipps, if he had just shown up and been like... Well, guys.
1: This is ridiculous. This is
0: ridiculous. Slow your roll. But instead, he's like, well, here's my response. I'll develop a special court. I'll put some asshole who's very superstitious in charge of it. And they're just going to continue to find more people guilty There's a very famous man in the story, Giles Corey. He is not a good dude. He's sort of been glorified in history as standing up to the man. He also beat an indentured servant to death. (gasps) Within 10 years of this happening, he is known to have beaten someone to death for their incompetence. He was found guilty of this crime, but he was only fined because corporal punishment toward an indentured servant was legal. An indentured servant is basically a slave, I'm just being pedantic, because it was someone who had to work for someone to pay off a debt. And then once they have worked for a certain term, they'll be released, but they're treated like a slave for that term. Um, The man he beat to death was known as a simpleton, so that also made it, like, he was probably mentally disabled, and that made it even more excusable that old Giles would have just gone a little too far with the punishment. You know, he was, like, stealing apples or something. Oh, so, my God. So Giles Corey is a shit person. He also testified against his wife and then did later recant it, but his wife was accused first. And then he testified against her, like, oh, yeah, that bitch is, uh, is totally a witch. And then he was accused also of being a witch. And he did plead not guilty, but then he wouldn't answer the second question that they have to ask in the court proceedings, which is, how will you be tried? They have to say, by God in my country. And it sounds like one of those uh, read you the rights kind of thing where there's just a uh, proceedings of how the court process goes on. They're supposed to ask and they're supposed to answer. Giles shut down and wouldn't answer the second question, so he went to jail. There is a theory that goes around that if he didn't plea and if he didn't go through the trial, then his children could inherit his land rather than the government seizing. So people are like, oh, he was, like, standing up so that the government wouldn't seize his property. But... The law clearly states that landowners retain the right to give their land to their heirs rather than forfeit it because of a conviction— and by the law clearly states, and this is like old English confusing law that I'm sure is not clear at all, but <laughs> I found someone more learned than me who disproved this. And then in the Salem podcast that I listened to obsessively for a couple of weeks, they also agree. Charles Corey was actually just a curmudgeoning old man. He was a very get off my lawn kind of guy. Oh, he was about 80 when all this went down, by the way.
1: 80? Yeah,
0: yeah. Back then? You know how old people who were assholes... Live forever. Yes. Yeah. He was one of those guys... It actually seems like he knew that no matter what, he was going to be fried anyway and found guilty. So he... He went down fighting. Yes. Essentially. Yes, yeah. he did. And that's why now you'll see, like, I found a Reddit thread of like, I just learned about Giles Corey and what a guy, like, he stayed silent so his kids could get his land. And it's like, just take a little Calm bit Calm down deeper. libertarian bros. Yeah. Like,
1: just <laughs> chill the fuck out. You'll see
0: that he was a murderer and just an asshole. He wasn't well liked around town.
1: Which is probably why he got accused. Yes
0: yet yeah, people who were not liked or who were beggars or who were just total assholes were also accused. He was the one who was pressed to death. And this is interesting because there were not pressings going on in New England. This may have been the only one and people were rarely pressed to death. Even in England, it was a form of torture to get an answer out of them because they wanted to continue with the trial. Pressing is where they put like rocks and boards on your body over multiple hours. In his case, he stayed alive for over two days with things being stacked on him. Yeah, Alexis is making a really grossed out face because it's just as gross...
1: As, As just it am- sounds, I just imagine anytime someone's like they were stuck during this for like days. Mm-hmm. I just imagine there's just like piss and shit everywhere. I had to, and also being pushed out of his body. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like doubly, it's just smells and he's covered in piss and shit till he dies. That's awful. I mean, fuck him. Uh, yes, but. that's also a, a debate I've. I heard a couple of people go
0: down where it's like he's absolutely the worst, but no one deserves to die in this horrific way. But also, he's the worst. Thomas Putnam is the father of Ann Putnam. Ann Putnam was one of the first girls to make accusations. The Putnams were a big family. There was a lot of drama around them. Anyway, Thomas Putnam told the judge trying case that his daughter had seen an apparition that told her that Giles had pressed him to death. The apparition said that, and the apparition said it must be done to Giles in return, and the judge was thinking that the apparition was the dead man that Giles killed, so that's why they pressed him to death, because the ghost said so. And otherwise, we don't think that Well, ghost
1: Well, ghosts are valid. Ghosts, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the most valid source of information in this whole thing so far. Anyway, Giles cursed the town while he was going through this torture. He wouldn't do what they wanted and continue the trial. I think at this point he was supposed to say he's not guilty and he'll be tried. By God, in his country, he just kept his damn mouth shut. And his last words were, more weight, which we love. And I think he also was just trying to speed along the process of yeah. like, could you just, could get you just this, hurry this Could up, you just please? hurry this along? Yeah, his tongue popped out of his mouth at some point, and the sheriff kicked it back in his mouth. Anyway, he is the only person ever to be pressed to death by order of a court in America. Giles' killing here, his murder, was a catalyst event. This did freak people out. It all happened, like, in the town square. It was a big deal. Giles' murder happened in September. In October of 1692, Governor Phipps banned spectral evidence from being used as hard evidence. He orders a stop to the arrests. He dissolves the court of Oyer and Terminer. He also issued a ban on any publications about the Salem Witch trials. This ended up being one of the first large scale government cover up operations because he's like, this is not looking good and people will not understand. So we're going to try to burn publications that already exist. And stop people from writing about it anymore.
1: Just like validating QAnon right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it all came out in the end anyway. Um, People were being pardoned, released from jails. In January, Harvard graduate William Stoughton ordered the execution of three people who had been planned to be executed, but that had been delayed. And then when Governor Phipps wouldn't go along with it, Stoughton resigned. Adios, (laughs)
1: So. Adios, <laughs>
0: motherfucker. Good riddance. So without spectral evidence, support of the governor, without the court of Oyer and Terminer, by the end of May, there were no more witches in jail in Salem. It's an estimated that two-thirds to 75% of the people in Salem who were accused were women. And then almost three times as many people who were executed were women. So one idea is that young girls were given some agency with these accusations. I mean, kids in general were not respected, but especially young 10, 11-year-old girls, they were totally held down and repressed. And it's not like, oh, good for them. They got to have (laughs) their moment here. But it may have fed into their desire to speak up and have some attention There's a book called The Devil in the Shape of a Woman, which came out in 1987. It's written by Carol Carlson. And she talked about how many of the men accused had a relationship with a woman who was accused first. So they were like guilty by, by association. association. Yeah, like Giles, for example, his wife was accused first. Women could also only inherit property under special circumstances, and many of the women who were targeted were set to inherit land, or had already inherited land. Ah. And they were doing well for themselves. Bridget no. Bardot was the first woman who was executed, and she was a landowner who had supposedly killed her husband from whom she'd inherited land. Her first two husbands had actually died, and she had remarried a third time, but she had been awarded property from her second husband, and when she remarried, she was allowed to continue owning her land, which was very unusual. And when she was accused for a witch, people accused her also of killing her first two husbands so that she could inherit from them. And Like,
1: just because you wanted to do that doesn't mean that's what she did.
0: I know, and... It really does seem like women who were outside of their repressive patriarchal norm were a target here as well. So even though this is one of those situations where, yes, men were accused as well— women were still targeted yeah, women were still.
1: yeah women were still the focus of the target too it sounds like it's yes. just the men that like you said because their partners or wives or whomever were accused first so they were just guilty by association so it was still really the women that were getting yes ostracized
0: women are clearly manipulating the men around them yes their, uh,
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> with our feminine wiles our yeah. lustful ways
0: yeah so that's what went down in Salem more or less I mean, that was
1: very <laughs> it's thorough. It's a fucking
0: wild ride. It's
1: very a wild ride. I mean, yeah. all of the witchcraft stuff is just so... <laughs> 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 it's it's a lot. There's so much information on it, too. Check
0: out Salem, the podcast, if you want to learn more. Those are two tour guides who just live and breathe Salem and know everything about it and have very pleasant voices to listen to,
1: which I think is important.
0: I think I will listen. That sounds nice. I am Miss Andrist Memes on Instagram.
1: And I am TXGothGF.
0: And we are sadgap.podcast.
1: More weight. And we're stronger together. We'll see you next time. Bye.